0: Hello, Gunner. So Gunner can't make it today. So I got a special guest star on uh, the show today, Jeremy Jennings from Jabberbox. So you may know or uh, uh, have heard of Jabberbox from a previous episode where I got uh, uh, I was using one in LaGuardia uh, during uh, um, in the uh, uh, in the middle of a bomb threat, which was exciting. And you, you could check out that episode for all the details there. But um, but I did have uh, the gift of feedback for. Uh, Jabberbox and everything, and then um, the the folks at Jabberbox got a hold of me saying, "Hey, uh, it was Jeremy. actually saying that, uh, hey, thanks for the feedback on everything, and you know, we're always trying to improve and and everything." So I thought that was like awesome, and I said, "Well, hey, Jeremy, would you like to be on the, the podcast? Because I I have this hunch that um, you know he was solving a lot of his own problems with with the Jabberbox solution, which I still think is is pretty awesome." Uh, so jeremy welcome to the show and and tell me a little bit about yourself
1: uh dave thank you very much um <laughs> first of all thank you for the for the uh iterative feedback that we're always looking for with yes. any product and i think you know a lot about that and it's uh it's a pleasure to be here today um yeah jabberbox is definitely um a solution to a, to a problem that i think we all have and exists in many different forms. Mm-hmm. A Jabberbox is an on-demand and reservable modular space, a physical space that gives you privacy in public environments. So we've been called a lot of things, um, a modern day phone booth, mm-hmm. co working in a pod, even a reservable lounge for one, all of which are, are kind of true in their own, <laughs> in their own descriptions.
0: Awesome. So, so how did, well, go Go ahead and keep on going. Well, how did, how did you come across the idea for it? Were, were you scratching your own itch or, or how did
1: sure. you come
0: across the idea?
1: Sure. So actually the, the impetus of the idea, um, uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, one of my closest friends in the world, and uh, my co-founder now, it's actually his initial idea. So my partner and co-founder, Brian Hackathorn, um, as a former principal of Studios Architecture here in New York City, and really he's been involved in design, uh, design and construction his entire entire professional life, and kind of grew up in a in a in a, in a family that was a uh, design build as well. So he was um, in between uh, locations in New York City, and if you're familiar with the New York, his office was down in Soho, and he had a meeting in Midtown, and he he basically had you know about an hour and a half to kill between meetings wasn't really enough time to go back downtown and he was just looking to sit down and get some work done and he came across uh, what's called a POPs location in New York it's a uh, building arcade next to Grand Central POPs sounds for privately owned public space and that's a, a desi- designation for a public area that uh, buildings uh, uh, actually an uh, interesting little known fact but There was a statue uh, back in the 60s that allowed landlords to build higher in Manhattan if they gave some of their footprint back to the public space on the ground level so you have these arcades and little nooks and and private places all over New York City that are available to public and they're managed by the city but they're owned by landlords so long story short he was in this uh, public arcade and he was just he sat down and was thinking and just saw how people were working and saw the business person the papers thrown out on the table the construction worker looking for power and data and he just wrote down this idea of, of modern day phone booth uh, a couple weeks later we met up for lunch and usually i sit down and i, I talk about i have something you know different ideas to share and what do you think about this and what do you think about that and he's like i have an idea for you modern day phone booth and it just struck me over the head um as a consultant and a mobile worker uh, i recently had the same exact issue and maybe some of your listen, listeners will will kind of recognize this in themselves i was coming out of a subway and i got pinged to jump on a phone call mm-hmm. my first thought was where, where do i go I'm in the streets mm-hmm. of new york T- taking the call on the street the sirens going by the, the garbage can the garbage trucks backing up it was certainly not going to work i jumped into a commercial building lobby I promptly security uh, had asked me if I was there to visit anyone or if I was a, a tenant and I said no and they said I couldn't stand in the lobby. I jumped into Starbucks everyone's favorite third place. It was really loud and busy and certainly not professional. I ended up taking the call walking around a uh, Dwayne Reed, which is a, a pharmacy in New York, pretending to look at merchandise while on the call and i and it just it just hit me that it was so. Counterproductive. It was so, so uh, inefficient and wasteful. Mm-hmm. And frankly, it actually cost me kind of dearly that day. So, you know, it's as Brian and I were talking about this idea for a modern day phone booth, I came back to him that same day with a one page, you know, I'll call it a business plan, but it was really an outline of Zipcar for Space, basically an, an on demand uh, reservable pod that was available in short increments of time and it would be placed in loud and busy environments like airports and train stations and building lobbies and hospitality and stadiums and basically it's this distributed network and that was really that was really the impetus so it was kind of uh my partners you know brainstorm with uh, some some creative kind of strategy around it
0: yeah so i saw it like i i think i uh well, I saw it in LaGuardia in passing and which you couldn't pick a better place to put one of those units, right? Because it's, it's just, uh, so of all the airports in the world, I mean, that's so noisy and <laughs> it's so hard to find a quiet place to, like you said, be on the phone. And even there aren't even like uh, like the American Airlines lounge and some of the terminals is just like a piece of velvet rope that you could stand behind and it doesn't get you away from the noise. <laughs> and and so, uh like is are are you only in LaGuardia now, or what what are some of the other locations?
1: So LaGuardia was our first, and LaGuardia um, they, they've been phenomenal partners uh, since day one, just recognizing that there was so much uh, construction and there, you know they just opened a beautiful new terminal, and there's so much work going on really turning LaGuardia into a world class airport. Uh, LaGuardia was our first airport uh, since then we launched at JFK Terminal Four. Um, Cincinnati International and Pittsburgh International. We have two additional airports going live next month, and really we're on track. Our roadmap is taking us into 25 terminals by the end of the year. Our yeah, they're, they're, airports are such a an interesting microcosm for so many reasons, and there's they're such a great uh, place for you know Jabberbox. There There's a need, there's a captive audience. Your you know, we, we talk about really providing an enabled, a technology-enabled space that can empower people for whatever they need to do. So is your private space for 15 minutes up to two hours?
0: Yep, yep. Well, that that was one of the things I noticed, too, that uh, when I was in LaGuardia and you walked past and, you know, uh, there may be, you know, a couple people in there. Maybe there's nobody in there and everything do you, do you do any sort of like surge pricing that it's like just to get some activity in, like, let's say all you have four booths, all four booths are empty. So you'll sort of have like a, a last leader sort of sale to get some activity in there to show that, hey, this is a cool happen in place. And then, you know, units two through four, they, they increasingly go up due to scarcity.
1: There's they, certainly the uh, so surge pricing is on the roadmap okay. as well as um, really subscription. Uh, both consumer and and enterprise. You Mm -hmm. think about whether you're traveling for business or traveling personally, and it's not just travel. Airports are kind of our our tip the spear, so to speak, as far as our our distribution strategy. Um, But certainly going back to surge pricing, I think that's something that, you know, we're starting to experiment with. Uh, we, We have the ability, these are completely unattended devices and they are all remotely managed controlled. Um, and we have the ability to change pricing on the fly. And it's similar to your phone, as far as, you know, sending out and, and they're big IoT devices, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I could imagine, like, even uh, experimenting with price elasticity to figure out what is what is the right, you know, you do the the economic uh, math behind it of what's the best way from uh uh, a revenue generation standpoint to price it and and um, you know to f- figure out what that sweet spot is of what the market will bear and maybe New York city may be uh, you know more uh, uh, okay w- or willing to pay a higher premium than say like the Akron airport by my house and um so it's <laughs> it's probably all different everywhere, just like hotel pricing right um so that's that's really fascinating so and you know, I know the other thing that when I did it, I I really enjoyed the part of like I could close the door and I could be on, you know, my video call because it is like, so many times I've I've I know at least three times I've led video calls in Laguardia, where it was just embarrassing, you know, where it's like you're on mute the whole time and you you try to unmute, say a couple words, go back on mute, and hopefully you're heard, um, but it's it's just so painful, but. Whenever I was using the Jabberbox, it was great. I could close the door, and um, you know, it wasn't 100% soundproof, but it was really good. And it was like for me, as like an introvert, of like having a quiet place to just uh, relax. And and just like I uh, went to Starbucks across the hallway, got a um, you know, got a coffee, and I I could do my thing. And and it was it was almost like being in a spot of like getting away from that that wear and tear. <laughs> And just like being in a quiet place for a little bit, and for how noisy airports are, so I thought it was awesome. There's,
1: there really. Th- thank you, first of all. That's uh, that kind of feedback. Um, that's that's what we're what we're shooting for. That's certainly there's so much to unpack in, in in what you just said, and I'll just kind of work backwards a little bit. But the you know we some of the, some of the use cases that people have used the Jabberbox box for, because again, we're we kind of provide we're providing the space It's technology enabled. But we're not prescriptive. We're not saying you need to go in there to work. You don't need to go in there to, um, you know, some some people have meditated. Uh, we we've I we've certainly been in there, and, and Brian and I would go to the airport at LaGuardia uh, pretty much every Thursday uh, during the launch. And then we launched last February, so we've been in LaGuardia a little over a year, and we would we would just watch how people engage with the product and what they did um just last week we had someone posting on instagram they were vi- they were practicing their violin oh wow and the funniest thing about that and, and i i was shocked first of all because i'm thinking about how to get that bow and start moving mm-hmm. around it's the second instrument we've had someone doing a trumpet last year <laughs> <laughs> that's great it really really was unbelievable but um introverts around the <laughs> there are so many introverts I, you know susan Cain has a great great book um out that talks to introverts and ambiverts and extroverts and uh, and how we're yeah quiet she's you know quiet and quiet revolution and she um you know it's it's amazing how many people have commented and sent us feed sent us feedback both you know to our to our website or email or even personally or posted something online and social just about having that they don't want to be in a public place surrounded by people doing all kinds of things that they just wanted to be Kind of away from it all. and They just felt that way. It was a, a quiet, musically sound, um, you know, a pleasurable experience. So that that introvert piece really rang true. I think, and I think that's something that is uh, a lot more widely spread than even we realized going into it. See, you know, you mentioned soundproof, and that's something that we get asked all the time. So I figure I'll just expand for a second. We intentionally didn't design the product to be soundproof um first of all in order to be soundproof you pretty much you can't have oxygen or air flowing through so okay. we prefer to make sure there's some air flowing through which i'm sure we'll yeah, talk about you, in a second you're,
0: you're looking for the repeat <laughs> business i guess right
1: yeah certainly they're definitely looking for repeat business um and also just from a health and safety standpoint as you mentioned you were in there during a uh, a particularly tense moment you yes. want to have audible you want to know what's going on around you, um, yeah. whether that's an alarm or people yelling. So there, there's, we um, intentionally designed to have a certain level of, of acoustic transfer. Um, the difference being is that when you're inside the box, no one hears anything outside the box. Um You right. can be standing right next door and have the person inside looking at you and screaming, and you wouldn't hear a word, but when you're inside, you do hear a little bit about a little bit of what's going on around you. So there, I think there's a comfort there.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Well, it, you know, when we think about, say, like lessons learned and, and don't don't reveal any trade secrets, uh, but but as you went on the journey of the, the prototype to the delivered product and everything, were there any like aha moments or, or things that um, like really surprised you along the journey?
1: Every day. <laughs> Every <Yeah>. day. <laughs> Um one of the things that I'm um pleasantly surprised by and, and honestly shocked is probably one of the things I've been it surprised me the most. So, you know, when you're when you were in the Jabberbox, Box, um, I trust it was it was clean, it felt fresh when you walked in. Yeah. So you're in you're in an airport that has millions of people going through it every day. And you know we we do have a, a cleaning service that we you know we make sure that, that the brand experience is one of the first and foremost like bringing your product to market you know it's about building the brand about building the experience wanting to make sure that you you have a good engagement um, we in, in the x amount of months over a year that we've been in LaGuardia there has not been one single complaint about um, any refuse left behind about the the cleanliness, about the, the look and feel inside the box, mm-hmm. and frankly, I was shocked by that because I've used Zipcar and I've used obviously any of the car sh- you know car share any kind of shared economy products. Right. You inherently go in with a little bit of understanding that other people have used the product before you and they're going to use it after you. What I was surprised about um, is number is just. I think when people get involved in that sense of of community that there are going to be people, there are going to be people coming after you they take care of the product better um they pick up after themselves some of these kind of general the people are actually better than I think we give them credit for mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah I can imagine like the like a rental car right that is just like trashed and and it's like terrible but no, I agree that when I was in the Box, it was it was pretty immaculate. And, you know, especially relative to how like old and well-worn uh, LaGuardia was. So um, it was a big contrast, which I think maybe that contrast, uh, you know, it's like I wouldn't have left stuff behind anyhow. But I was even more eager to make sure it was cleaner than when I left it. But, um, but why do you think it was uh, like th- th- there is that difference, though?
1: I think that people are starting to, uh, the whole share, sharing economy, like obviously it's been around for you know, decades and it's really even Zipcar was started in 2001. So if we look at that as kind of a major milestone in this sharing economy of, of assets and asset light businesses all the way up through whether it be the WeWorks of the world or the AirBnBs of the world, um, I think that there's this general understanding, even even generationally speaking, that that products aren't meant to be products are meant to be used and if you can it maybe goes back to a little bit of that sustainable mentality that if you take better care of our product it will actually last longer and you're not being as wasteful so that would be one of my kind of thoughts around why
0: yeah 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 that's true and even even like paying it forward too that it's like you know doing to others and it's like I've I'm going to leave it clean because I want the person to leave it for me clean whenever I go to use right. it. Right, it's a little
1: bit yeah. social social conscious, which I think, a, I think is a really good thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Any any other uh, uh, revelations that you guys had?
1: <laughs> well, certainly. Um, you know, the the funniest thing you were mentioning before about uh, lounges and and lounges for us are actually great adjacencies. Um, you know, lounges always have They have good amenities you know the food uh, varies by lounge but the drinks are usually pretty consistent (laughs) the privacy and lack of privacy is pretty consistent as well Um, so the same kind of traveler and the same kind of person that goes in a lounge um, is willing to use a jabberbox our busiest units are actually near lounges uh, which was something that we didn't expect Uh, a lot of a lot of the airports that are coming online um, soon we've been speaking to you for for some time and a lot of them had a lot of you know they really didn't want to create a competitive environment for an airline lounge obviously the airlines are are their largest partners and there there isn't you don't want to create that animosity or or some something that can mess up a relationship so there was some some hesitancy around lounges and that that being the jewel of most airlines the the lounges are actually even the people that work in the lounge are very are, are excited to recommend you know, oh, sir, if, you know, if you need to take that call instead of fucking, you know, into your into your laptop to lead a call, mm-hmm. you can go into a Jabra box and it creates a better environment for everyone. But that was mm-hmm. that was something that, that I thought was really interesting.
0: Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have thought. And, and I would think that, um, yeah, there there are different things for the lounges where it's like you can like if, if you look at, say, like the star chart of the. Uh, you know like the the ability to introvert the the quietness and everything it's like each one has our own pros and cons and you're not like one is a hundred percent better than the other one in all categories it's it really depends on what you're using so yeah
1: yeah it, it's really based on use case i i know that when i was taking a red eye back from uh las vegas after our conference i was in I was in one of the lounges, and they had some great reclining chairs that I could put my feet up and kind of rest for an hour and a half before the flight. Yeah, and that was all that I wanted. And I was very, very excited to be there.
0: Oh wow! I would have missed my flight, or you know, or, or I'd be that guy <laughs> too at the same time, and and everybody else. <laughs> I, is I did set an alarm. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I cool. <laughs> for sure.
0: Well, great. So let's, so it sounds like you are a, you know, a traveler and, 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 you know, as, as this sort of necessitated the need and with, um, I know like Gunnar and I, and a lot of the folks that listen to us, they're road warriors and everything, and they're always looking for ways to optimize their travel experience and everything. Do you, do you have any tips for folks that, uh, of the road warriors out there?
1: Well, actually, I, you know, it's interesting. I think this is a I think this is somewhat well known, but I was really surprised. Last week I was down in uh in South Carolina at an airport for the day and I was I I met a, a financial advisor that's on the road, uh, I wanna say like almost 100 hundred hundred days a year or so. And we we were we were talking at the uh in the lounge and then she didn't she knew about priority pass. Um I don't do you have a priority pass membership? What is that? Okay, so my 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 tip would be loyalty uh programs whether it be an airline or uh affiliated matter and i think so priority pass is actually a lot of people have memberships and don't know it so if you have uh it's a perk from like an american express platinum or chase sapphire i think there's one i think they have a mastercard or visa Uh, program as well, but basically uh, Priority Pass is a a large membership program that has somewhere around 20 plus million members, and what they do is they give you, it it gives you lounge access, uh, which is what most people know about it, Um, and recently they've been adding a lot of um, additional perks and programs to their their membership. Um, So in this airport specifically, uh, they basically, <laughs> if you pull up on their app and you pull up Priority Pass in the airport you're in, you see a list of different amenities and, and things that they give you. There was a restaurant there that gave you twenty eight dollars worth of food. Yeah. For, for being a Priority Pass member, you could yeah, buy twenty eight dollars yeah. of water. You could buy twenty eight dollars of you could buy a sandwich and a drink. You could eat it there. You could take it with you and grab and go. It didn't even matter. So as a traveler. And there's different ones. I know that at DFW, for example, they have uh, a perk where you can go to a gaming lounge. I think it's called Gameway and you can play video games. There, it's, it's near the Del- it's in the Delta terminal and you can play video games for like half an hour or an hour. Huh. Wow. So there's all kinds of different perks that they give you. Um, you know, and they, like I said, lounge access, different amenities, different types of things. And the fact that it's, you know, food and drink and above and beyond, it really becomes a valuable program. The so priority pass is something that you probably have, and most people don't, I don't think, use it at nearly as much as, as they could.
0: Yeah, I, I have um, heard of that, where there's like, I know there, like, I think in the Cleveland airport, it's like the $28 of of, uh, food for as you're going through and everything. And it's like, that's, that's a pretty good deal.
1: Yeah. It, it really, it really is. Um, you know, just, um, you know, when I, when I talk about loyalties and perks, like I think most, most road warriors, most mobile workers, um, you know, probably fly a lot on the same airline and, and certainly, uh, that has its, its advantages. I, I would say there's probably upgrade, you get upgrades or, you know, Uh, Early on boarding things like that. That's a a pretty simple one, but I think when you take that to the next level of getting things like um, a clear membership uh, Or if you travel abroad a lot, I was I was traveling to London quite a bit and I got so tired of standing in line at Gatwick You know, (laughs) it's funny because you're so used to buzzing through airports standing in in uh, customs for two hours you can register to be register uh to go into london uh for like I think it's like 50 pounds maybe It you basically you can get a it's like a fast pass okay. to, to it's, it's almost like um uh the global entry for the us yeah. so if you have if you go to london a lot it's worth the investment it'll save you hours upon hours
0: yeah yeah, I know, like like with Clear, you know, everybody like that I work with, it's like they rave about it, but um, it's just starting to roll out here in Ohio. Like they just have, uh, they have it in Cleveland, but not in Akron yet. And it's funny, it's like I go to Akron, and there are more TSA people than there are like passengers, uh, like, you know, trying to get through. <laughs> so it's like I, I get, like two people take care of me, and they, I know them, and they high five me as I go through and everything. Um, so it's...
1: Is it, isn't it... You know something that I was as as I was thinking about kind of you know airports in general, um you can't think about airports without TSA and the recent uh, government shutdown slowdown, i think really highlighted uh, the 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 t s a uh, employees and i I gotta tell you, I was beyond amazed and shocked at the t s a employees you know burn the airport all the time. Um, going through and and how courteous and respectful and pleasant and funny they were when they weren't getting paid. And then actually now you almost, you know, it's, you can, you can become so automated. And I know you do a lot of, <laughs> a lot of talks about robots and things like that. You can become so automated that you're going through the airport, especially if you do it a lot, you forget to like smile and say, thank you. And, and those little things that it's amazing that some you know the the feedback and the looks and everything and that you put a smile on their face and it just it kind of pays for it, it pays it forward as well. So that's uh huh that, that 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 was really cool.
0: No, I agree. There's um there like like things like that of just like it, it brings the humanity out and you realize that hey they're they're people too and um. And it's really easy to just get in your tunnel vision of like, I'm flying here, I'm going there, and you go. And like, I just saw a uh, uh, an article that talked about Uber, where uh, I think if you do Uber black now, there's a way that you could say, I don't know if they call it, Zen mode or like quiet mode or something, where it's you're basically in the app, you're telling the driver that you don't want to be talked to. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, hmm it's like it's like is that to me is it is that dehumanizing or is it just like tipping the person off of like hey really i'm tired i just want to relax and usually they could tell by body language and like if you're closing your eyes and your head is back or something that it's like you just want to chill but um but when Uh, you
1: you think about
0: things like that and this like the gig economy and and you know people are like you know it's like treating people like like human beings is
1: it's it's an inter- it's definitely a interesting kind of we're we're the we're really um it's interesting crossroads so i think about like uber and we were seeing an, an interview with jason kalkanis and and travis the founder of uber back in like 2011 or 12 or something and, and they were talking about how uber is going to be more efficient and elegant and that solution is why uh uber will scale and I think about kind of where uber started uh and where it is today like texting you know sending a, a quiet mode or again i haven't used used the uh the exact feature yet but you know it's, it's kind of like when you're sitting at a table in a conference room and you text the person next to you yes. <laughs> or like a family member at dinner is like texting you and you're sitting you know right across the table from them um there is something about it, it may be more efficient but there's there's a question of humanity but then then i can see the flip side of it saying you know what if if i don't want to necessarily speak to the driver i don't want to put them in an uncomfortable position either like if we just kind of put it out there we both parties know and it's just a an accepted piece of it I, it does take the humanity out of it
0: though mm-hmm. yeah and um like there's there's a way that you do it in the app to say hey what's your mood and it's like i'm quiet or i'm talking <laughs> I'm, I'm happy or i'm grouchy or whatever and you know it's that could tip people off but still it's like or
1: or you can, or you can just say you get in the car and you say get me to the airport as fast as you can i'm going to be busy the whole time <laughs> you just yeah. you just tell me <laughs> yeah. um no it, it it's it, it definitely interesting well the funny thing is like so again like i hear you guys you know here at the show talking about uh robots and and different things and i i recently came across um have you have you experienced cafe x yet like robotic coffee there's like i think cafe x is a a big robotic coffee uh i guess retail establishment um i think there's a few others out there and they're they're actually starting to go into the airport space as well as invention space and things like that and my partner and I, so Brian, I and I always talk about, you know, how awesome it is because it's phenomenal coffee and it's efficient and it's actually less expensive because you're not paying for, you know, an operating cost of, of people. Right. And he's like, you know what, when I get my coffee, like, I like chit-chatting with a barista. I like, under, you know, I like that kind of human engagement. So I think there's, um, it, it definitely is an ebb and flow. And I think it really depends on. Because we're human, it depends on the timing of the interaction.
0: Yeah, no, and yeah, I agree where, um, you, know, I, I, you know, you hear about universal base income and um, the, the raising the minimum wage and, and everything. And uh, like I'll, I've been telling people for years that before you know it, like a McDonald's is just going to be a walk-in vending machine that, you know, the, the jobs will be priced out of the market and uh, the automation will take over. And that's sort of, is that what people want? and uh
1: i don't know it started i mean you you definitely have the self-order kiosks popping up all over Oh yeah. um both you know it, within the airport uh is happening more and more i was just i was in dfw last the week before last and i started started seeing the mcdonald's self-ordering kiosks that were near the mcdonald's
0: Yep. and
1: then now was, what's interesting is there's actually different uh Airline there's different um aviation, I guess, services, uh different startups that actually were are close with it, will bring food to you. Okay. Uh there's one at LaGuardia and JFK and they're actually they've oh, grown pretty quickly. Uh yeah, at yeah. your gate?
0: The, oh, at the gate. okay because I saw the like in the newer terminals in uh at the restaurants in, in LaGuardia, there's like every every like restaurant table has like a, a tablet on it for you to order all your food and it's like to me that's a- right you know
1: <laughs> that definitely is uh you know th- that that might be too many screens but hey everyone's gonna yeah go, go in a certain direction no there's there's a there's services that will you can actually order your food on your app and they'll bring the food, and they actually just started serving like beers from like Shake Shack. They'll bring it to your gate. So it's uh, if you're if you have a connection, let's say you're on one side of the airport and you wanted to get Shake Shack, for example, for example, um, they'll bring it to you, which is which is pretty cool. So there's something that's interesting about airports. and I, I guess I can I can start preaching oh, about airports all day, but they they're really really focused. They're becoming hospitality. There's this big, and I know most passengers would probably not agree yet, but there's this mega trend happening across, I think all assets of real estate. So whether that's commercial, retail, residential, um, uh, hospitality, that there's a hospitality element that's combining these, and airports are no exception. Airports are recognizing that the passenger experience and the passenger uh, amenities, are are you know on the forefront of every single conversation that's happening within the industry so how do we make the passenger experience better how do we think about your day of travel how can we make sure that um you know airports and this is one of the reasons jabberbox is such a i think i think an incredible tool is that airports are incredibly flexible yet rigid environments there are so many things that people don't know that are in airports like most airports actually have yoga rooms Mm -hmm. and meditation rooms and they have refillable you know pro tip for travel bring an empty water bottle because most airports have are now allow you know they now have like uh, areas that not only just water fountains but actually like refill stations Mm -hmm. Um, so airports are really trying to cater to that experience and trying to you know let the consumer know that they recognize and appreciate their business because Most people do have, you know, somewhat more flexibility and choice in in where and when they go. Um, Going back to that, you know, our kind of our main thesis is that technology has facilitated mobility, but physical infrastructure hasn't necessarily given you the tools that you need. So we're, we're part of that toolkit.
0: So where do you think, uh, as, as we land the plane here, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> where, where do you see all this going? Like if, if you were to look out, I don't know, five, 10 years from now, the, whether it's the airport of the future or the, the business travel or the business meeting experience of the future, where, where do you see all that headed?
1: I think that, I think that we're actually much closer than, than people realize. There, there are companies now that are not only going fully remote, uh, they're going no HQ, and there are some that are extreme on that that curve that are that are no offices. But I think mm-hmm. the future of work and the future of mobility is very distributed, and I can see a day and age where you have um, it's it really becomes HQ or work or space as a service. So I think it all kind of goes back to um, you know SaaS platforms, and I actually think that. That cloud computing is is kind of a, a a correlation. Like I feel like we're in a physical cloud, so to speak. And I think it's going to go more in that direction. Like I think you're going to be able to pick and choose how, when, and where you want to work. And I think if you went out even further, instead of people going to the to the employment or to the jobs, the jobs are going to come to you. So there may be a day where you like this. It's kind of like gig economy on steroids. Like maybe you, you might have your you know eight to six uh three day a week four day a week job five day a week but you decide that you're going to work out of the jabber box and that while you're working there you decide to pick up because of your skill set the jabber box knows who you are it's um you've put in the profile of the tool of the skills that you have and the type of work that you want to do and and then while you're in there you get pinged to work on a different project for an hour that's going to take your unique Sets because if it's not unique, it'll be automated,
0: right? Right, yeah, that's fascinating. It's, um, yeah, and we'll all get paid in Bitcoin too, right?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think that's a whole that we could go on for another hour on that one. I <laughs>
0: would probably have different answers a year ago compared to this year, but yeah,
1: well, I tell you, didn't it just jump like it, yeah, it had jumped. a pretty significant jump?
0: Yeah, yeah, time to get the, in the last. Like, uh, fired up again,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty unbelievable. Well, I certainly appreciate you landing the plane. I, I think that was a that was a great, great, uh, great question.
0: Yeah. So, so I'll let you go. But before you go, you know, we mentioned a lot of things like Cafe X and the the Fast Pass and everything. um Where should we send everybody for the show notes?
1: Yeah, actually. So you're gonna you're gonna want to go to the dgshow.org for all the show notes and i think hopefully you you know your uh, listeners enjoyed the episode i really had a great time i hope you did
0: me too me too and and uh, hopefully uh everybody in the sound of my voice is listening to this inside of a jabber box
1: <laughs> that sounds great i really appreciate it
0: okay jeremy well hey thanks a lot and we'll catch everybody later